Thank you for joining us as we bring you this worship service of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church. Our readings this morning are from Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 14, and from Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. My sermon is titled, Marking Time, Crow Neighbors. You'll find the link to our complete announcements in your email. Here are a couple of highlights. At 8 p.m. on the second Thursday of each month, there are small group gatherings via Zoom, so we invite you to put Thursday, September 10th on your calendar. Next Sunday, September 13th, is Kickoff Sunday, and we will be having a perspectives class at 11.30 on Zoom. The Reverend Dr. Leslie Veen will be teaching. Her class is aptly titled, Spirituality in Chaotic Times. If you have been financially impacted as a result of the pandemic and are in need of assistance, there is a page on the church website dedicated to receiving requests, or if you prefer, you can also contact the church office. For our complete announcements, click the related hyperlink in your email. And now, in preparation to worship, you are invited to quiet yourself, becoming still as you prepare to worship God. If we were to use one word to describe God, it would be love. If we were to use two words to describe God, they would be love and faithfulness. We gather together in the spirit of the one who enlightened us. Let us worship the God of love and faithfulness. Yes. Alleluia. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Let us pray. Holy One, you ask that we love one another. And when we do, we give you thanks. When we place barriers instead of passageways, forgive us. Give us eyes to see as you see, hearts to understand as you understand, arms to embrace as you embrace. Now in silence, we continue our prayers to you. God knows our shortcomings and loves us still. God knows our fears and believes in our freedom. Friends, the news is truly good. We are forgiven and made new. Alleluia. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter, beginning with the first verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Loving God, as we listen to these ancient words, Open our hearts and minds that we may hear your word for us this day. Amen. Yahweh said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, they shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it over the fire with its head, arms, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn it. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of God. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt I shall execute judgments. I am God. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I shall pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to God. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the letter to the Romans, the 13th chapter, beginning with the 8th verse. Listen for the word of God. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you should not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Here ends the reading. I've never seen a graceful crow before, but this week I saw one. I was sitting at my table, as I almost always am, and in the midst of squirrels running along a busy stretch of the power line highway, two crows landed, ever so gently and in unison, as if members of the royal ballet. I'm used to the crows of my neighborhood hopping around with panache, aggressively posturing or silently perched and plodding, observing our comings and goings. This time was different. They were elegant, curious, and non-threatening as they sat watching me, watching them. Though our visit only lasted moments, I remain captivated, wondering at the ways our lives are intertwined, how our changed behavior since March has caught their attention, wondering if they also know what we are feeling on the other side of the window pane. They have provided the soundtrack of each new academic year, accompanied students on their walk to and from school, they are the ever-present, often unnoticed companion in our midst. Seeing them returned me to the sand-colored bricks of Southeast Elementary School, lessons of First Peoples, sacred land beneath my home. On a day of smoke-filled skies, my winged neighbors brought me back to memories of Halloween and candy parades, the taste of pumpkin spice, and the crows of my childhood carrying on in the crisp, cool air. For a moment, I was back in Joanne's fabric store, feeling the rounded reams as I walked the aisles planning that year's costume, Little Bo Peep. I was at the sink of my kindergarten bathroom, invisible dye on my hands, practicing hand-washing skills, even then. 
John Marslove, Professor of Wildlife Sciences at the University of Washington, studies corvids, the family of birds that includes crows. He talks about the ways they've influenced our culture and the ways we've influenced theirs, something he refers to as our co-evolution. We both, Marslove says, have socially learned traditions passed on from observation or instruction from one animal, one individual, to the next, and copied. From our earliest human origins, crows and their cousins, ravens, have been featured in our mythologies, in our understanding of death, in our language. We describe one of our own facial features as crow's feet. We've named a tool, a crowbar, and we call out certain behavior as crowing about eating crow. An indigenous origin story features ravens as the one who opens a giant clamshell, releasing humans to walk the earth. A cave drawing was found in France of a hunter who has died and whose body is turning into a crow as another keeps watch. And crows have modified their migration patterns, their behaviors, their tools, in relationship to us. They thrive in close proximity to humans. Scavengers, they enjoy our leftovers and make use of our practices. They especially like corn. As our planting and harvest seasons of corn have been established across the states, they have moved with us. And so comes the scarecrow. They've observed our skills hunting and have come to associate the sounds of gunshots in the woods with food. Hunters take the meat they want, and the waiting crows enjoy the rest. They are discerning in which humans are non-threatening, those who might enjoy a shiny trinket or who require scolding, and those from whom to steer clear altogether. They're able to recognize faces and remember those who have harmed crows before. If you happen to be a researcher, for example, who has captured them to study, you can be assured to be dive-bombed for years to come, even by crows who weren't there for the initial encounter. They pay attention to their environment and will find a way to survive. In Japan, walnut trees were planted along the streets of Tokyo. Unable to open the walnuts with their beaks, the local crows began placing them in front of cars at intersections. Flying away until the light changed, they returned to eat the seeds' meat after the identified tire opened the walnut for them. The people there took notice of the crows' behavior and now aim for the walnuts as they drive, happy to be their nutcracker. Our lives are more intertwined than I knew, their presence less coincidental. 
We are both trying to navigate the world with the limited information we can gather. The patterns and sounds, the players on the scene, paying special attention when things go well and when they don't. Like them, we try to make sense of these events, what might influence our fate for better or worse. And we don't always retain why a tradition we've inherited first began. Our reading from the book of Exodus has become part liturgy, part lore, a way to commemorate the founding of the Jewish people. Like the origin story of Raven opening the clamshell, it retains layers of truth, not all of them literal. But it has sustained generations of people, families sitting at table, carrying their own longings not always understood or spoken. It's a way to mark a new year, reminded of who they are, honor what they've endured, and that together, they survived. Like us and like the crows, the ancients had to adjust to persistent challenges. Death and food shortages were top of the list. So they made sacrificial offerings. They painted blood on their doorposts before setting out for summer pasture, with hope their flocks would return alive. They abstained from leaven, at the start of the planting season, with hope that at the time of harvest, the yield would be great. They enfolded their strategies of survival into a meal that sustained them in ways seen and unseen. In that meal, they let the inevitable disorientation, sorrow, and distress we experience be part of marking time and discovering our footing again. When we review our cultural inheritance and find ourselves questioning the rules long established, Paul suggests we return to a seed ever-present, though often forgotten. If we are to create a culture, socially learned traditions passed on from one person to the next and copied long after the memory of its beginnings. It should be one of love. That is the meat beneath the Ten Commandments. That is the needed sustenance for a community that faces the unknown and together survives. Whether they call it love, crows follow many of the commandments themselves tending to their parents in old age, acting as faithful partners to their mates, not abiding those who kill or steal from one of their own. As the crows continue to help mark time, even this new school year, as we enjoy sweet corn on the other side of the window pane, what lessons are they offering? What new tools are they discovering? What sustenance are they gathering? How are they adapting? As they watch us watching them, recognizing our intertwined lives, are they trusting that we are adapting?
that we are co-evolving with them as well, that we are a community that faces the unknown and together survives. We believe in God, whose law is fulfilled through love. We believe in Christ, whose life shows us how to owe nothing to anyone. We believe in spirit, whose presence in our lives enables us to live the love of God. This we believe. Amen. We are called to love one another, and one of the ways we do that 
is to pray. So let us join our hearts together, offering prayers for the world, for the whole human family, and all of creation. God of life, you are with us in our dying and in our rising, in our joy and in our sorrow. We pray for this earth, our planet home, praying for the communities of birds, animals, and plant life. We pray for the air, blanketing the earth, that the smoke might clear and the fires be contained. We pray for your sustenance. Enable us to catch a glimpse of your spirit moving in and through the life in our midst, through birdsong and sunlight, through the breeze and changing leaves. Help us remember the wisdom we glean from this moment. Let it open new doorways of community, care, and compassion for one another. We are told we are the body of Christ, so we pray for our siblings near and far, for those we've known and for those we've never met. We pray for our 7th Avenue community throughout the Bay Area, across the U.S., and around the world. We pray for those in need of healing, for those longing for hope and trust, and for those offering support or trying to, tending bodies and minds. We pray your spirit will bring possibility, healing, and hope. And now in silence, we continue in prayer for the world, for ourselves, and for those we love. We make this prayer in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our God who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
This season, as you mark time, allow yourself to be fed in your watching and in your waiting. of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be love, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen. Mm -hmm.